Sober Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast, Christmas edition. It's the 22nd of December, year of our Lord, 2019. And this year I'm going to do a little new stuff on the front end. There'll be only a little politics on the back side. Because not being lazy, I personally thought my 2018 show was pretty good. So I edited out some of the TV and you're going to come in to Julie Garden, Garland, sorry. And then you'll go through the favorite shows, the favorite songs, and then, of course, I'll talk on the back end. But it's pretty much what I would have done this year, so maybe it is lazy, but I think it's just, I I liked what I put out last year, so it's going to be there. And for some of you, you're not going to listen to this, because it's Christmas. Um, It's not a podcast, really. Uh, If you tune in, you're not tuning in for me to talk about uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, you're to hear me scream and yell and curse. Uh, at least I think that's why you're there. Um, but, long story short, Christmas, as the years go by, it is not as good for me or as excited. You probably could tell if you listened. Um, once your kids leave and your grandkids move away, and in my case, I'm married to a Scrooge. I mean, there is actually a movie called Miss Scrooge. It was Cicely Tyson. If you remember her, older African-American lady, and she was Scroogey. Um, so I, I watched it once a long time ago, and I, I'm married to that. So she is not a Christmas person. Um, every time I put Christmas shows on, she complains. Uh, yesterday was supposed to be our Christmas bake slash Christmas movie. And we have a new cat. He messed a couple cookies. She got pissed. She complained and was on her phone during our Die Hard. So we watched one Die Hard, and then I just gave up. And I went back to, we watched Servants and uh, Horror Movies. That's all she really gets into. And I understand. It's just not her thing. Um, and as the older you get, you know, for me, Christmas is giving to others. I really don't care what I get. Unfortunately, I know what I'm getting uh, because, you know, Amazon. If I had to complain about Christmas... Um, Amazon sucks, okay, because we have Amazon Home household, and she does purchases and I do purchases, and I'm not supposed to be able to see her purchases. I have it set up where you just see, hey, so-and-so spent this much money. But somehow, some way this year, it went terribly wrong. So... I would get updates of the item shipping, and I haven't said anything, but I am going to make a customer service complaint, because then what's the purpose of the household? Um, and maybe they're doing it on purpose, so you'll both go get Prime accounts. Maybe that's it. And that's business. I'm not going to bitch about it. Smart. You know, get everybody to spend about 150 bucks, so they have their free shipping. Well, that makes sense. So, I know that I'm getting a clean. And I can say that because my wife does listen to the podcast. I'm getting a so clean. Not only did I get told the so clean's mailing, 
so clean email. And to be quite honest, I'm not upset about it. I, I literally, she asked me what I want for Christmas. I said, don't buy me anything but so clean. But we're not spending that much money on each other, so don't buy it. But that's really all I needed in the world. Other than stuff you want, like I want a Penne Zool jersey or a t-shirt with Penne Zool 58 on it just to wear next year um, but a so clean would really come in handy anybody who's got sleep apnea the CPAP's a pain in the ass you know I have this whole it's like the scene from um, a lot of the listeners are probably going to get this and go what is wrong with this guy he comes across like an old crusty dude but he talks about chick flicks but it's the scene from freaking sleepless in Seattle every morning or night I gotta wipe that thing out with a wet with a uh, Sandy wipe, you know, on the real ones, Lysol. You gotta clean your pipe and, and air it out every day, or else you get condensation and it'll blow in your face. And if you really think about that condensation, it's gross. It's water, but it's also you expirating, you know, every time you freaking breathe out, you're putting out moisture. So it's basically your spit coming back at you. So. Sorry, I was trying to keep my cigar from going out. Um, I literally have to do a, a bleach soak. Twice a week, I've gone away from doing the mask because if you bleach soak the mask for the prescribed time you're supposed to with super hot water, eventually you can't keep a seal anymore, which kind of sucks. So you start getting leakers, and anybody's got sleep apnea leakers when you're hearing whistles and it just drives you fucking batshit crazy. Um, it's either not got a solid seal or you got some condensation in there. It's a pain in the ass. So the soul kit clean, great gift. I'm really excited. I can't wait for Christmas morning. I'm gonna put that bitch up, figure out how to use it, and shove the old mask in there. And he does it for 20 minutes, and my shit's clean. Wake up, pull this some bitch out, throw it on my face. I mean, go to bed, pull it out, throw it on my face. I'm good to go. So I, it kind of sucks, but where was I going? I just went on a fucking tangent. But back to my point after tangenting about freaking so clean CPAPs and Amazon. I wonder why my podcast is three hours long. All Christmas is is an ass chewing. Because I came from a family that, you know, we were not rich. But we had good Christmases. And so it's always been important for me to get a bunch of stuff. Even as much of little stuff. So this year went totally little. I didn't go big. I got a lot of little stuff. Nothing fancy. No Tiffany's like I usually do every year, which, you know, I'm not Mr. Rich, but I was getting five, six hundred dollars necklace or something just to keep up the magic. Um, I stayed simple. The big, big gift was supposed to be a purse. We were doing crafts, um, which I don't think she did, but that's what we were supposed to do. And I, I tried. Um, it's going to be a birthday gift now. Because I've never done it before, and I use the die like you're supposed to. One time in circles, the next time left to right. Somehow, some way, it didn't come out right. It looks like shit. So I'm going to go get black, redo the whole thing uh, so it's dark. And then I can do the final ceiling and put the damn thing down. So, you know, 120, 130 bucks down the fucking drain. It won't be her big yet. But, you know, that's what I was doing. But... She hates Christmas. The point is, she hates Christmas. So for me, Christmas is not as enjoyable as it used to be. Um, it's one long ass chewing. Starts on Thanksgiving and keeps going. About too much grandkids or whatever. And she's just never been into it. So Christmas isn't as cool. But if you were sitting here on my podcast, you could tell I'm a Christmas freak. Because Christmas decorations in the booth. It's always been that way. But 
It's supposed to be about family. At the end of the day, it's always rough. So for this year's addition to the Christmas podcast, I, for some stupid reason, I, I, I booked Mark Saturday Night Live last Eddie Murphy, uh, Dave Chappelle, any of those people, sure, they probably think all white people are racist pieces of shit, but they're not in this cancel culture, so they don't talk about the stuff, and Dave Chappelle specifically, you know, he went on the show and said, hey, yo, 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 I don't want any of that crap, he did a couple totally center skits, and I thought it was really cool, so I took a get, you know, I took a gamble, and I, I recorded it, I have to admit, other than the cold open, which I did not watch, most of the show was... Both sides. He even did a Mr. Rogers where the you know the skit used to be you know everybody's fucking racist. He has one part of it where somebody knocks on the door because of gentrification, all these white people move back into the, the ghetto where he lived, and they go, Well, you know, we're not accusing and we would never do that, but we just want to know if you've seen a TV. We bought a 70-inch TV and uh, it's not in the lobby. And he does the, why are you calling me a racist? You know, you bunch of racist, blah, 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 why are you saying I would steal something, blah, blah, blah. And they shut the door, and he goes, and boys and girls, that's the word of the day. And he pushes on, on a 70-inch TV with the word racism across it, and a pile of Amazon boxes. And, you know, you would think, okay, that's the jab, pretty funny. But then he ends it literally with somebody at the door, 23 and me. people get that as a gift. And, oh, by the way, I'm your kid. And he makes the joke that, well, people, 23 and me is a new thing, boys and girls. And now I have 23 kids, which I thought was really surprising because of the baby daddy stuff that, you know, nobody wants to talk about other than conservative black leaders. So it was really funny. But they did this skit, and it is about families. I had to air record this, which really sucks, but... It's really hit and miss on SNL. They they write protect a lot. You know they write protect on YouTube, but my I tried on two computers and my phone. I couldn't do it, but give this a go. I thought it was fun. Before we, I just want to say a few words. Make it quick, Dan. Stop. I just want to thank everyone for being here. And that's just how I leave your family. So I can know all the cousins and their kids and everybody. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. I know everyone's busy with their lives. There's so many things that they have to do, but it means so much that you gave with us in our home for the holidays. And that goes for both of us. I'm from your dad's sister, Kim. This house is happier than it's full. Well, son, you and Donna have been such gracious hosts. I just hope I haven't been a nuisance. Here's a black guy. What are you talking about? We do not have any fear. And of course, this is our first Christmas without soon to be celebrated. When you two got engaged, all of us were just smiling from ear to ear. Why? Why did I marry him? Because he's white? Yes! Welcome to the family, my friend. You guys are being so racist. Am I right, we are? I'll say thank you. 
I just want to say that as you get older, it all goes that much quicker. And you should all cherish this time that we spend together as a family this Christmas. Thank you, Pop. No, I could go on, but I know better than to let a meal my wife spend so much time cooking go cold. I just threw it together. Anyway, thank you all for being here. I really mean that. No, it might be a little crowded. This room is off limits. Is it off limits? And we might even get on each other's nerves a little bit. Oh my God. No, whatever it is, no. This is when we make those memories. The last of that time. Uh, are you back? Because Christmas is about family. I am blessed to spend it with my Cheers. 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 That was beautiful, Dad. Well said, son. That was great, Dad. Additionally, they did a skit because in my household, because my wife, as previously stated, is not into Christmas. Somehow Christmas baking shows are her. She, she counts as watching a Christmas show. Because she doesn't want to watch movies. She doesn't want to watch any of them. So they did a skit on it. And I got to admit, it was pretty funny because it kind of combined... Um, what is that damn show on Netflix? I don't have it anymore, so I couldn't look it up. But the one... Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it's a show. Where people think they're doing something, but they're not. And it was a cute segment, too. We now return to the Holiday Baking Championship on the Food Network. All right, bakers, it's time to show your holiday creations to the judges. Today's theme was Christmas past, and you had two hours to make cakes based on childhood holiday memories. First up is home baker, Claudia. Hi, judges. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, sweetie. Uh, why don't you tell us what you made today? Okay, my cake is a tribute to my father, who gave my daughter her favorite Christmas memory by taking her to see the movie Frozen. So my cake is beautiful Elsa, made from peppermint sponge cake covered in fondant. And her hairdo is made from over 1,000 braided strands of royal icing. And I'm not going to let it go because I want to win. <laughs> wow, that sounds very ambitious. Let's see your cake. With pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, now that it's in the light, I see that it's bad. Yeah, sweetie, it kind of looks like it has some kind of DNA problem. Yeah, I, I'd love to say that's intentional, but, uh, you know, well, let's taste it. Oh, oh, is there garlic in this? Yeah, probably, okay? At one point, I blacked out, and I started making pasta. Just forget it. It's, it's bad. I'm bad. Ooh, 
That's unfortunate. Next up is Mitch. Hi, judges. I can't believe I'm here. I just want to say that you guys look so much more attractive in person. Okay, thanks. Uh, what was your Christmas memory? Well, my children are all grown up now, but one of my favorite memories is playing video games with them on Christmas mornings. So my cake is that speedy rascal, Sonic the Hedgehog. His fur is made from sour blue royal icing, and his shoes are molded from hot cinnamon, and those speed lines are homemade red licorice. Okay, wow, really interesting flavor profile. Yeah, well, I only get one shot at this, and I, I didn't want to hedgehog my bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you came to play, so let's see it. Good God, Mitch. Yeah, it's bad, it's gross, it's real bad. <laughs> Uh, I think I just made a lot of bad choices. I don't mean with the cake. I mean, like, in general, in my life, I just made lots of bad choices in my life. And why is it brown, Mitch? I don't know. Why is anything brown? Okay. And are those human teeth in its mouth? Yes, that is correct. The teeth are human. Okay. Uh, next up is Sandy. Sandy, hopefully things went better for you. Well, no complaints here. My Christmas memory is watching Frosty with my grandma, and here he is, all come to life. So, what do you think? And that's a Frosty, all right. Next up is Ralph. What? Wait, that's it? I mean, hang on. My cake is definitely better than his. I mean, look, it's on fire. Mitch, is that true? Sure seems that way. I think it's trying to kill itself. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mitch. What is that language it's speaking? That's some evil backwards devil talk. I believe I opened up the portal and I and I am so bad at things. Uh, should we destroy it? No, please don't hurt me. I love you. Wait, what's that voice? He's talking in your grandmama's voice to trick you and drag you to hell. That's very disturbing, but at least you took risks. Excuse me? Okay. Uh, next up is Ralph. What's your Christmas memory, Ralph? My favorite Christmas memory is Cinderella. That doesn't quite make sense, but let's see it. Okay, festive, but what are those things on the side? That's her penis castle, of course. That's where Cinderella goes when she's tired from all the balls. Well, that is incorrect. Come back here, you coward. We can still win it. Well, we'll be back with the judge's decision right after this. Pretty funny stuff. Additionally, this year, a new show came out. It was called Claws. It was on Netflix. Once again, I don't have anyone. Not as good as the Christmas Chronicles as it was last year. But here's a trailer, and I thought it was pretty damn good. Just for your hands, postman. Mr. Klaus, you have a gift. You were meant for making toys. So I figured if you donate your old toys, I'll deliver them for free. Tonight. I go with you. There's no need for you to come with me, really. Tonight, then. 
Shall we then? Yep. Mr. Klaus is the coolest. Klaus? What about me? Ow! What the? Loser! Oh, yeah, well, if I'm a loser, then you're, 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 you're too far, you're gone. Hey, what do you guys think you're doing? This is Smearinsburg, the unhappiest place on Earth. And you two can't change that. The postman and toy maker are brainwashing everyone! We need to show people that a true selfless act always sparks another. Hi! What's happening right now? Oh, no. Holy mother! What happened? Not a word. You just sit there. Be all magical and awesome. Jesper, we're doing it. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Really? That's how you laugh? We're running out of time. Those kids are counting on us. If we don't stop them tonight, this town will never be the same. Destroy those toys! No, 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 no! No! Ha! Eat our snow! They're not attached. Why aren't they attached? I thought they were attached. I would never in a million years have done what I didn't do if I didn't think these were attached. Really cute. The whole postal thing was a neat little twist, and the ending will get you. I don't care who you are, who you think you are. Man, I got teary eyed. It was pretty fucking good. Um. Then lastly, and then I'll talk about a few things. We'll go into the rest of the podcast. I'll close this out for those that want to listen or have a little Christmas background while you're working. I usually would say, "What the fuck is wrong with you people?" On the following show. Yes, it was PC. There was no homosexual stuff, but they made sure they had an integrated family. I mean, they had all these kind of little things that, you know, it's that the one article that was done, and I did it about last year, I want to say, about how Hollywood wants to go back and PC, PC shit. And it was actually from a liberal side, like, stop. And Outlander, they're going to have the women's rights stuff, and everybody's got to have, you know, you got to check the block and have gay people, and you got to have an Asian, you got to have this. And I'm not saying there's wrong with that. I'm not sitting here Archie bunkering and watching, which, by the way, I did watch the Archie Bunker episode from the 70s. Um, it's either Get TV or Me TV played it, and it was a lot better back then. I'll just put it that way. It was a lot better. And he said heeb. Which, I gotta be quite honest, I don't know what a heave is. It is a racial slur. And they blocked heave. There was a beep and we didn't know what they said when they were going down the stairs. And it was heave. Um, so, I guess I should probably know what heave is. And I might be stupid because maybe it's a common thing, but I've never heard of it. Um, slur heave. Heave. Jewish. Okay, so I, I thought it was that so um, I just didn't know for sure. So they blocked that, but that, that was a lot better. But in this, that's where it stops. They did an integrated family, which amazingly you have two white kids, when an African-American wife and uh, a white man as uh, Bob Cratchit. 
And my wife rightly pointed out, well, couldn't they find, you know, actually mixed children? Because if you're going to do this PC thing, what the fuck's that about with two white kids? But, you know, whatever. It, it seemed like that was the beginning because we really didn't like the, the tone. But by the end of it, if you're a horror fan, Mrs. Claus in my house love this. And I got to admit, it's very adult. It's very dark. If you're a big fan of uh, Dickens, you know, and, and the story, and there's so many versions going back to 1938. And, uh, you know, George C. Scott did one. I mean, there's a whole bunch of versions of that story. My favorite is the 1970 version, which was a musical. This gives you backstory. I mean, you basically, not to ruin it, but I doubt many people are going to go out and watch this thing. If you missed it, you missed it. Or you think they may be re-airing it on Christmas Eve, but he was sexually abused. His father lost his business, and he made a deal to keep his kid away, and that deal was so that the headmaster can molest his child, which is pretty fucking brutal. And the ending's different, where instead of him going around and lauding the world with stuff, his saving grace isn't that I will repent, I don't want to end up in my grave. He says, I'm never going to change, and I can't be forgiven for what the fuck I do, but I don't want Tiny Tim to die. But Tiny Tim's not going to die from his illness, it's a totally different thing, so I won't give you a whole spoiler alert, I guess I should have said that. You know, it's not the same concept on why Tiny Tim dies. And he goes and makes sure that Tiny Tim doesn't die. Goes to the house and gets retribution, or uh, not apologies, but says he's a fucking loser. He's going to give the guy money because Jacob, uh, or Bob Cratchit's going to leave because he's sick of his abuse. I mean, he did some sick shit. I mean, his wife, Bob Cratchit's wife, had a fucking strip in front of him because he did studies on what people would do for money, and she needed money to save her kid. So he gave her 30 pounds just to see if she'd get naked, but then didn't have sex with her. And then said, I don't have sex with your kind. So, I mean, there was a race component to that. But it was a disturbing fucking scene. But long story short, I don't know. At the end, it's not the family man. It's not, you know, which I really love that Nicolas Cage movie. It's not It's a Wonderful Life. It is not anything you've ever seen. Um... It makes, I gotta admit, it makes National Lampoon Christmas Vacation look like it was done by a church. I mean, all proper. That's how dark this is. So, here is a trailer for it, and if you're interested in a very dark version. I mean, it's Christmas. It's a horror version of it, but it's Christmas, because it is just the original story with added information, which makes you kind of understand it better. Uh, Won't you FX is a Christmas carol. Then how the reindeer looks. Why am I not allowed any peace? Rudolph, you remember it. The chain that you must now wear, you still For the welfare of the poor and destitute. Are there no prisons? Some would rather die than go there. And let them die. 
What is this place? It is the place where Christmas comes to die. You seem to despise him even more than I do. Let's not talk about him. Or even once. Why? It's Christmas. Prepare ye, Ebenezer. Enough! No, no, it was never enough. What was the purpose of our gross accumulation? He vandalized the world for this. What would you do, Mrs. Cratchit, to have me hand you thirty pounds, not as a loan, but as a gift? There are no gifts. This is not a game, Ebenezer. Not big of you. Enough. I do this only for the life of my child. Come and look upon the evil that you did. Okay, so that's some of the new. This year I omitted, uh, other than speaking briefly of uh, Rudolph was gay and Herbie's a tranny. Um, I ignored all those articles. I'm going to ignore all the stupid fucking college things. And I'm going to ignore, I'm sure there was another. Um, you can't say Merry Christmas because you're a bigot if you do bullshit. I'll save that for later. Um, so we will start in progress with... Judy Garland, and you'll hear favorite shows, things like that, some experts, um, excerpts, and some music, and I will talk to you in about an hour and a half. Hello. Well, I guess we're all in the spirit of the season by now, so I'm doing what everyone else is going to do tonight. I'm going to stay home with my family, and I'd like you to meet my daughter, Lorna. Pleased to meet you. And this is my son, Joe. How do you do? Liza's out skating with her bow, but she'll be in later. And we've asked a few other friends to drop in, too. And I, Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Would, uh, would you like to... I should keep you standing here this way. Come on in. Come on. Come on in. Yeah, they try to make it all nonchalant, but let's be honest. Nobody does it at their house. But the classic ones, if you've never watched them, once again, Amazon has a bunch of them. Yes, T, uh, yes TV, I think it is, or My TV had a bunch. Um, these, then the sets were beyond awesome. Um, and my wife told me not to put on the show, so I didn't. My favorite's Lawrence Welk. I bought it on Amazon, and it has a bunch of the 50 ones, and they'd bring all the kids on for all the musicians, and they'd play, and it, it's just very festive. We just don't have that anymore. I don't know why, but we just don't. My next TV show that's my favorite, and yes, it's a cartoon, is Prep and Landing. I love Prep and Landing. I think it is the cutest cartoon they ever came out with. Um, and I watch it religiously each year twice. When it comes on twice, I watch it. Um, just watched it this morning before I did this. Uh, they had two shows, Prepper Landing and uh, Naughty and Nice was the second one, where a kid steals a uh, coal elf. So you have the coal elf concept. Santa's got these high-speed military dudes that fly in, they parachute in, they set up the landing zone. They're basically pathfinders. Um, it's just cute as shit. So here's two sound bites of that. The first one being the first show. The second is the Naughty or Nice with the Coal Elves. Enjoy. (laughs) 
Have you ever wondered how it all gets done? How Santa gets in and out of millions of homes all in one night? Let's just say he has a little help. The operation has its challenges. But we're always prepared. Our mission statement, get in, get out, never be noticed. I'm part of prep and landing. An elite unit of elves getting houses around the world ready for the big guy's arrival. Someone is being very naughty. December 5th, one creature is stirring up more trouble than these elves can handle. And for this mission, Santa's going to need a bigger elf. I'm here to save Christmas. A cool elf? Tinsel. Together, they'll find out. Parachutes? Check. Sparkle? Check. Here's my sparkle. Who's been naughty and nice? Ah! Lanny and Wayne return to ABC. In a brand new adventure sure to become a holiday classic. Hey, Bambi! Mm -hmm. ah! We're in the belly of the beast, my friend. One of us might die. Probably gonna be you. What? Disney Prep and Landing. Naughty versus Nice. Premieres Monday, December 5th. Best mission ever. On ABC. Another one that I thought was really good this year, and I am, you know, biased for it. I've always loved this show. I love Tim the Toolman Taylor. And yes, I watch the Santa Claus 1 and 2. I don't watch 3. Fucking stupid show. It's just I shouldn't curse on a Christmas show, but it's just stupid. Uh, they did a good one on Last Mass Standing. Um, I thought it was really cute. They brought Eve back. They did some caroling. It was a stay-in family Christmas, and I thought it was just perfect. They had all these plans, and then the kids decide they're just going to stay home. And if you're, you know, my age, the joy of watching your kids and their kids decorate your tree is one of the coolest things ever. Now, in my family, we do that on Thanksgiving Day. But a lot of families do it Christmas Eve, and that was the premise of this. On so Christmas Eve, they're doing the stock, the uh, the tr Christmas tree, and all the grown kids did it with their one grandchild, and it was the grandparents just full of joy that you know their family was back, and and you know not that it's not enjoyable. Me and my wife decorating our tree, we have a special traditions that we do now, and it's kind of neat to have your own thing. But there's nothing like your kids doing it. So it's a very short sound clip. And then we're going to go straight into one of my favorites. I talked about it last year on the podcast. I own it. Christmas Story Live. Now, I know Christmas Story, and I'm not playing sound bites from Christmas Story because everybody knows it. Um, Christmas Story is one of those, you know, it's like a third rail, man. You, you just don't touch that. That is a show you don't mess with. But something about this show touched me granted you know people are pissed that they had black people and all this stuff which just feeds into the liberal argument that everybody's a bunch of fucking racists but when you really break it down of course it's a hollywood production they're going to change everything about the lily white 1950 family 
in Indiana. They're not going to let it fly. They're going to have Jewish people. They're going to have this. They're going to have that. I'm surprised they didn't do a Kwanzaa. And to be quite honest, like I said last year and I tweeted, I'm surprised that, you know, Ralphie's parents weren't two men or two women that they threw the gay element in it. And one of the kids was a crossdresser. That's just kind of what I thought they were going to do with this. But they didn't, of course. It's a Broadway play. I think it's fantastically cute. The music was top-notch. Maya Rudolph kicked ass. Anna Gasteyer kicked ass. The only one that didn't, which really destroyed me, was Ferris Bueller, man. I don't think he did a good job in this. But I think this is a beautiful show. So here are two um, segments. One is you'll shoot the, your eye out with, uh, I can't remember her name, but she does this incredible dance number with a bunch of kids. And then there's somewhere over there in, uh, in Indiana, and it's this cutest Christmas Eve thing where all the kids get out, and they're so excited about Santa, and they know he's in the air, and I just think it's magical. <laughs> this year's presentation of the show, they edited this out, which crushed me. I don't know why the hell they did that. Um, so, anyway, enjoy this, and then we're going to go into SNL, which does have a few good ones and no i'm not gonna play sweaty balls <laughs> what are the loser you only got a c plus c plus a c plus not a not a b but a c plus the boss isn't happy she isn't impressed your report came up short so you failed the test robbie you're done that's a fact so give up the gun or you're gonna get whacked what's the password tomato tomato
don't think so. I toss and turn, turn and toss again. Hear the clock tick a tock, it goes. So slow, legs crisping, cross again. Cut the failure, but I still can't sleep right when I'm gonna bust. Flip flop and readjust. Can't go to bed and said my mind begins to race. Something's taking place. Every year I wait up to hear him go home, home, home. 'Cause I know somewhere hovering over in the I just think that's cute as all get out. So we'll go into SNL, and this year they had some great skits.、Um, I'm gonna play one of them. They had a Christmas ornament one that I I just couldn't get, which kind of chapped me. But、um, they had best Christmas Christmas ever, and then we're gonna play、um, Bring It On Down to Rappinville. I, I used to love the day when Jimmy Fallon and、uh, Justin Timberlake would go on that show.、Uh, they were still political, but it wasn't super political, ugly political like it is now. And they had some fun stuff. This year's fair was a lost episode of "It's a Wonderful Life" where Trump wasn't president. So you can see that's how they started the show, and then from there it just evolved.、Um, so I fast forward through most of it, but I saw、um, this one that I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> 
Oh. All right, what's there left to do? Dishes? Already done. Oh, my God. You are an angel. So, did you have a Merry Christmas? Are you kidding me? That was the best Christmas ever. Really? Babe, I had a smile on my face from the moment I woke up. Just full of Christmas cheer. Well, I had a perfect day. Me too. I mean, this is gonna sound corny, but I don't know if it was you and the kids. You're not adopted. She's not adopted. Why would you tell her? Or the family being here. I definitely felt some Christmas magic today. <laughs> I absolutely love them. Come on, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Best Christmas ever? Best Christmas ever. Drum up some business here. <clears throat> Angels, we have heard on high, sweetly singing all the plains blue. Ooh, Ria, your gift wrap will pay for old people to ice skate.
that platinum chain with them diamonds in it. Make a big one for that Benz with them windows in it. What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? Okay, so yo, you two need to scoot your packages. Shut up, mom. We are professional rappers. We offer a wide range of services from traditional gift wrap, which is tasteful, to gift bags, which are not wasteful. Can you handle that? Well, can you? Maybe you can handle this. who can drum up business with some pop tunes. Got it? Check this out. You didn't have to wrap it up. It was wine, so it only really needed a ribbon. No, no, no. Don't be starting a rap war. Yeah, you don't want to be starting a rap war. Because you, you got to be starting a rap war. You got to be starting a rap war. So you think I want to be starting a rap war, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, look. All right. Truce, okay? We should all work together. We're all on the same team, right? Mm, yeah. To be honest, I used to compete with Doggy Bag over here. But one day I needed a gift sack for some playing cards. I was giving my uncle. And so he sacked his deck. Yeah. yeah. Sir, what are you saying? I'm saying that I had a deck that needed sacking. So I sacked his deck. Yeah. He's actually, actually a very skilled deck sacker. Okay, well, I have been divorced for seven years, so I haven't sacked a deck in a long Lady, tone it down. Please, please, please. And listen to this. Speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rap a gift that friends with history.
those are funny. But this one was my favorite. It is still my favorite. It was a silly song. Back in the day, they would do Season's Greetings from Frankenstein, blah, 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 and Tonto. And it was just dumb shit. And then they came up with this with Jimmy Fallon, Catan, and Horatio Sands. Christmas time song. I don't actually know the real name of the song, but I thought this was really cute. So we'll play this one. We're going to play a song and go into a break because I want to be able to set up and get ready for uh, Christmas movies. So we'll play one music break. This is going to be Snowfall, one of my favorite songs, the very old version of Snowfall. And then we'll come into Prancer, uh, a cute movie. That'll be the first sound bites in our Christmas movies. Season's greetings from all of us here at Saturday Night Live. One.
Welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast with Tony Reid. Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight while the moon is bright. He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys to give the corners of the girls and boys all day. Santa comes on me. Goodbye. 
Remember me? Everybody's into Christmas movies. We will do the Die Hard at the very end of this bad boy. But I love Prancer. I think it's a fantastic movie. Then you have your classics. White Christmas and Holiday Inn. On this day of independence, on this independence day, listen to an American troubadour from the USA. Holiday Inn. Never has there been such a show as this. From Easter to Christmas, from the 4th of July to Thanksgiving, there's a song for every holiday and a holiday for every song. I'm dreaming of a Grandest lady in the Easter parade. USA is united thanks to one whose name was Nancy Hanks. Abraham. Abraham. You're easy to dance with. Be careful, it's my not my watch you're holding, it's my heart. But my favorite all-time has to be It's a Wonderful Life. I love It's a Wonderful Life. Growing up, I never watched It's a Wonderful Life. Never saw it. And, uh, excuse me, I got a pet a puppy. He's just a little guy. You want to say hello? Say hello. Say hi. You want to say something to him? Say, whoop, 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 whoop. Anyway. Yeah, we got a bijou, frisier, whatever the fuck for the wife because she wanted a puppy. So Santa brought it early, and as I told you on the last podcast... He's a yapper, so when I listen to parts of the last podcast of the yapping, decide he's going to be out today. He's running around the house, tearing things up, and looking at me crazy while I'm talking in this mic. Um, where was I at? Growing up, I never watched It's a Wonderful Life. It wasn't a big thing, of course, until it became um, public domain. Somebody didn't do the paperwork, and so the company that had the rights to it lost the rights. And the next thing you know, it's on every local television station on the planet, playing at nauseum. I remember the first time seeing it, I was just newly married, getting the baby's room ready in our home in Fort Sill, and I watched on a black and white TV. Um, of course, it's a black and white movie. But there's so many good scenes in this that I'm just going to play a montage. We're going to play the Buffalo Girls. We're going to play the phone scene. 
We're going to play Welcome Home, Mr. Bailey, which makes me almost cry every freaking year. And, of course, the ending. Teacher says, every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets its wings. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college to see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Were you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Dance by the light of the moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, tell me. If I don't, it might not come through. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. Then what? Well, then you could swallow it. And it all dissolves, see? And the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. Am I talking too much? Yes! Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? How is that? Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? Want me to kiss her, huh? Oh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Hey. here, George Bailey. <laughs> yes, old Mossback George. Well, well, just a minute, I'll call him George. He doesn't speak to George, idiot. Just so he asked for him. Jo- George, Sam wants to speak to you. Hi, Sam. Well, George Bailey-Ofsky. Hey, a fine pal you are. What are you trying to do, steal my girl? Well, what, what do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Here, here, here here's Mary. Here, you... You I am not. We can both hear. Come here. We're, we're listening, Sam. Rochester? Well, why Rochester? Why not? 
Well, I don't know. Why not right here? You remember that uh, that old tool and machinery works? Well, you tell your father you can get that for a song and all the labor he wants, too. Half the town was thrown out of work when they closed down. Money? Yeah. Well, a little. I'm here. He says it's the chance of a lifetime. George, George, George. Get me back! Get me back! I don't care what happens to me! Get me back! 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 Get me back!
Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. Please. I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What the... Mary, did 
George Berry did it. She told some people you were in trouble with it. They scattered all over town collecting money. Didn't ask any questions. Just said, George in trouble. And tell me, you didn't. What is it? Another run, I say. Here, George Berry says, Mr. There we are. The ring comes on the right. We're coming, John. From London. Oh. Mr. Gower cabled you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh. George, the richest man in town.
Now this year, we've got a new one. It's a Christmas Chronicles. I can't get any sound bites for it, but I talked about it on the podcast, and for those who didn't hear that podcast, this answers every question a kid could ever ask. It is fantastic. I love it. And I'm buying it whenever I can get it. But it's a Netflix movie, so I don't know how the hell I'm going to get it. Um, We're going to watch it again today for our Christmas show. And then we're going to watch a Broadway performance of Holiday Inn on Great Performances on PBS. Because I've done watched all the Christmas shows I can watch. So, this is going to be our send-out. We're going to come back into Military Corner. Let's see. Let's spin the dial. What Christmas music are we going to play? We played that. Um... Let's just play the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. One of my all-time favorite songs. It is The intro alone is fantastic. So this is the Christmas Chronicles. Out to the Christmas song. Come into some military corner. Let's get this party started. Show off! Here's Santa. It's Kate Pierce. I've been really good this year. I do say bad words every now and then, but that's only when my brother Teddy makes fun of me and I lose my... I mean my temper. Let go, you're gonna break it! Who cares? This camera's like 20 years old. I have to work. It's Christmas Eve. You're gonna stay home with your sister. We should make a video. Maybe we could get a shot of Santa Claus. You really have no clue, do you? Nobody's ever seen Santa Claus. Tell me you're getting this. Do you realize how big of a deal this is? We need to get a closer look. Are you crazy? Duck! Can he see us? I don't think so. Hot Cupid! Hot Comet! Hot... Ah! Hold on to something! Santa Claus? Five and in person. One night only. Can you go ho ho ho? I don't go ho ho ho. That's a myth. Christmas spirit's down 35%. Half the planet's not going to get toys. So a few brats don't get presents, it's not the end of the world. People need Christmas to remind themselves of how good they can be. Wendy, you got so big. Excuse me? You know what I mean, grown up big. Now, Wendy, we need a ride. Can you call an Uber? You think I can pay the driver with these? Imagine if we all work together. This just might work. We need to rally the reindeer. Comet. And find the elves. I think I'm in the North Pole. Sleigh's busted. Can you guys fix it? Maybe we can still save Christmas. Face yourself! Show off! Less than an hour before the sun rises. Whoa. Let's get this party started. Just like wave your hand and Jedi mind trick the cop. I'm Santa Claus, Teddy, not Yoda. Okay, that's enough fun for one night. Are you listening? Comet, you can slow down! Come back here! Why must they keep drawing me like that? Does my butt really look that big to you?
Thanks, buddy. See you then. Larry, you drove your Porsche here tonight, didn't you? Yeah. Now, how would you like to trade that Porsche for a mint condition 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card? I know you've always wanted one. Is this thing real? Oh, yes. It's a deal. It's a deal. I thought so. Shut the ballet. No, it's not. You're not trading our Porsche for a baseball card, Larry. You know what that thing is you worth? You know what it's worth? Nothing. Oh. Nothing. That's what it's worth. Get out of here, you bum. Merry Christmas. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas to From one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas To
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. And be all you can be, for it's an adventure for the few, the proud, the brave, in military corner. General Waverly. Sir. At ease. How are you, Captain? I'm fine, General, but... We just try to keep the general part quiet. Why? Uh, Begging your pardon, sir. We ate and then he ate. We slept and then he slept. Yeah, then he woke up and nobody slept for 48 hours. jobs galore for the G.I. Josephs who were in the war but for generals things were not so grand and it's not so hard to understand what can you do with a general when he stops being a general oh what can you do with a general who retires got a job for a general when he stops being a general they all get a job but a general no one hires Uh, like eddie told you that song is uh, for the 151st division the officers and the men under the command of major general tom waverly i hope a lot of you guys were listening because uh, i have something i want you to do for me
troops are ready for inspection, sir. I am not satisfied with the conduct of this division. Some of you men are under the impression having been at Anzio entitles you not to wear neckties. Well, you're wrong. Neckties will be worn in this area. And look at the rest of your appearance. You're a disgrace to the outfit. You're soft. You're sloppy. You're unruly. You're undisciplined. And I never saw anything look so wonderful in my whole life. Thank you all. Every year, children around the world wait for Santa and his sleigh full of gifts on Christmas Eve. And each year, with the help of his flying reindeer, Santa completes this incredible global journey all before morning. Santa knows the skies above North America are safe as can be because one command is watching. Whatever enters the airspace of Canada and the United States, we'll see it, we'll track it, and we'll take the appropriate action. The North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, tracks every flight over the United States and Canada, and not even Santa gets a free pass. I don't know if you can see the screens up there uh, behind us, but all those little green dots are air tracks flying around the continental U.S., and there's thousands of them. But Santa knows all this. NORAD tracks his trip every year. He knows NORAD is on the lookout for anything out of the ordinary. Using satellites and advanced radar, they're able to track Santa and even provide an escort if the need arises. Santa knows the folks at NORAD take their job very seriously. At a moment's notice, uh, we have fighters uh, that are ready to scramble and get airborne within minutes. Santa's number one priority is the children and their gifts. And while that's important to NORAD as well, they're also concerned with airborne threats in the U.S. and Canadian airspace. NORAD celebrated their 60th anniversary in 2018 and has been tracking Santa every single one of those years. And as long as Santa flies over North American airspace, they'll continue to track him and every flight over the United States and Canada because that's what NORAD does. NORAD is well known for its ability to track Santa. And if we can track Santa, you can imagine what else we can track. I love the NORAD thing. I remember when I was a kid, um, or when my kids were kids, that was a big deal. And now DirecTV has this whole um, Santa tracker. You can watch it live, play games. It's pretty cool. Article came with it. Santa gearing up to travel as the speed of star, uh, starlight with NORAD's help. Santa Claus a few days from making his trek, the longest and most grueling trip by airborne sleigh in the history of the world. And Rudolph, plus Dasher Dancer, Prancer Vixen, Comma Cupid, Donner Blitzen aren't the only ones will have his back up there. The U.S. military satellite and sensors will watch Santa's every move as he travels the globe this Christmas, and officials at North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, will monitor the flight and provide fighter jet escorts, including F-15s, 16s, F-22s, and even the Canadian CF-18, if the need should arise over North America. NORAD is well known for its ability to track Santa, said Air Force General Terrence O'Shaughnessy. And if we can track Santa, you can imagine what else we can track. For the last two weeks, Santa, who normally travels at the speed of starlight, officials said, has been flying practice runs in Colorado with the help of his elves and NORAD's command and control officers. Santa has been using simulators and even gotten into a jet for test runs, giving the reindeer some rest before the long ride. And this goes on for a long time, but it's doggone cute, man. That is just doggone cute. 
other articles that were never published, other than conservative sites. Melania's behind-the-scene glance from Christmas visits with troops will make you cheer. Melania Trump on Monday shared an amazing behind-the-scene view of her multi-stop Christmas visit with the troops that will definitely make you stand up and cheer. It is an honor to be FLOTUS to be to this incredible country. Thank you, Deputy Secretary of Defense Pat Shanahan, for joining me on all these day visits. The post also includes a clip from her stops last week at Joint Base Anacostia Bowling, Joint Base Langley Eustis, and lastly aboard the USS George H.W. Bush Station Atlantic. She tweeted it and Instagrammed it, and I thought that was pretty cool. Every year, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, got to cover this. Here's how the U.S. military celebrates Christmas when serving in a war zone. Santa Claus visits U.S. Airmen of the South Carolina Air National Guard's 169 Fighter Base and their family members at McIntyre Joint Air Base, South Carolina. And they show pictures of that. Christmas is one of the most celebrated holidays of the year. All across the United States, civilians will light up Christmas stockings will be hung, and the front lawns of countless homes are brightened by some truly impressive Christmas lights. The men in the world's militaries don't sit around. They also celebrate. They show a Christmas tree in Bagram. Some guys in uh, Afghanistan, one guy's dressed up like Santa, um, uh, Santa in an airplane, they put wreaths on the front of a freaking uh, Humvee, a, it looks like a German unit over in Afghanistan lighted up their uh, vehicle, whatever that is, I don't even know what that is. They show prayer services. They show the dinners and, of course, wreath across America for the fallen, especially national, uh, Arlington National. And then they show Marine Corps Santa coming to help. This article was from a women's site, and I don't want to get all depressy, but I thought this was pretty amazing. Uh, what I'd like to do, what it's like to be deployed for Christmas by Catherine Guthrie. As a military brat, I had my fair share of holidays without my dad around. I think it's impossible to have a military career without being deployed for the holidays at least once. And while we always felt as though something was missing when dad's loud laugh wasn't heard around the Christmas tree, we still had plenty of family and friends around to fill the gap. It wasn't until I enlisted myself that I started, really started to think about what it's like for those service members that are deployed serving all over the world during the holiday season. My first Christmas away from family was one I will never forget. Here's a story. And I'm hardly alone when it comes to celebrating the holidays in unique ways. Read on to see how service members from around the world have made the most of hard times. Lindsay, Virginia. The Muslim told us Happy Christmas while we were in Bahrain. Chuck, I spent Christmas in a hotel in Bahrain. I was surprised by Christmas trees decorating, caroling, and place full of local celebrating. Apparently, some Muslims observe Christmas just like we do. Kevin from Ohio. I spent Christmas in Oman twice, and being there, it was a Muslim country, and because of where it was located, it couldn't have felt any less like Christmas on the outside. What was important was how we felt inside the ship and the shop and the things that we did to make it count. We always decorated as much as you can decorate a warship. Amazon and care packages really helped get things to us, so the decorating decorations we had were decent. We also always had a gay gift exchange within the division. It was near, near, never mandatory, but it always seemed to bring the people together. Although in today's Navy, some of those gifts probably would have gotten people sent to mass for hazing. <laughs> Carrie in Bahrain. 
I'm currently in Bahrain, but one thing that I do with my daughter was actually her idea. She wanted to do Christmas before I left, and when I get back, since I'll be away for a year, we'll set up a Christmas tree and do it in the middle of the summer. And I've heard a lot of people do this. Um, but they go through a lot of people talking. Um, Jen from California. I've been deployed three times during the holidays. My best memory was Christmas and Thanksgiving 2014. I was on a mid-watch and got to run a turkey trot 5K with my team before eating dinner together. We shared stories of our family traditions and created a family wall in our shop. We would post pictures and cards that the family sent. And I thought, you know, that is what I remember. Um, Mine overseas were Korea. Uh, My war I left after Christmas. Um, but we set, I set up a one foot Christmas tree. I, I had hors d'oeuvres like we used to do. Um, pretty much made it as much as you possibly can. I mean, sure. Christmas 1990, stuck in Korea. I was supposed to be home. I just found out I wasn't going home because the war had kicked off and we were involuntarily extended, even though we all wanted to go to the war. Um, I remember sitting in a dugout and crying. And I think I talked about this a couple podcasts in the beginning, but um, I was so homesick and I was listening to the kids talk on a tape. The snow started, and I'll never forget this. As long as I live, somebody started a snowball fight. And I looked away from that baseball field and I saw all these people throwing snowballs, and I ran over there and joined the fight, the snowball fight. And for some reason, it turned out to be a, a great day. It really did. I found another one. This viral letter from Santa helps military and first responder parents. When Stephanie Lynn found out that her husband had to work on Christmas, she came up with a way for her family to still celebrate the holiday together. In a letter from Santa that's going viral, the mom explains the kids in the military and first responder families that Christmas will be happening on a different day this year. I know sometimes your mom or dad can't be home on Christmas Day because they're working, keeping us safe and healthy, the letter which Lynn shared to Facebook on December 11, 2018, read. I want your whole family to have a very special Christmas morning together. Santa goes on to explain that he and the elves have set up special delivery days for kids from December 23rd to 27th, 2018. Lynn and, husband, Lynn and husband Brent will be celebrating with their kids on the morning of the 24th, she says. Just a second. Let me pause the puppy. He's talking to her cat. Uh, Lynn and her husband will be celebrating with their kids on the morning of the 24th, she says. There's also an other option for families who aren't able to be together during Christmas week. And it's from the desk of Santa Claus Alternative Delivery Dates. Signed, Chris Kringle. I thought that was pretty... Fantastic. Another one comes from a women's uh, family, uh, sorry, military spouse website. Finding joy when you're alone during holiday deployments. Last Christmas when my husband was deployed, I thought I was doing a great job staying positive, being strong, and making happy memories for our children. Nevertheless, when it came time to hand out Christmas gifts in the morning, I hit my limit and crashed. The kids were excited and jumping around in anticipation. My husband was on the other side of the world asleep because of the time difference. It was just me at home with these four crazy kids, and I couldn't handle any more joy and excitement without my husband there to share it. A wave of exhaustion and depression sent me huddled onto the couch. In a moment I am not proud of, I covered my head with a blanket and curled into a ball trying to hide. 
I couldn't handle any more fake joy when my husband was so far away. I was tired of being strong, tired of entertaining the kids and taking care of their every needs, tired of answering questions from well-meaning family members. I felt so alone and overwhelmed. I just didn't want to do Christmas anymore. Yet there I was, surrounded by four young children whose faces were beaming in anticipation for their sake. I had to pull it together and carry on. For them, I had to be strong and get the holiday. All deployments are difficult and challenging in their own ways, but deployments that fall during the holidays have an extra level of emotional difficulty. Whether it is Christmas, a birthday, an anniversary, or any other special holidays, on those days that military spouses miss their service members most poignantly, it doesn't matter how many times you've been through a deployment before, the one I just described was our seventh. If getting through deployment emotions were simple, simply a matter of knowledge or experience, I should have them figured out by now, but it never becomes easy. You never get used to being away from the one you love, and those waves of loneliness and exhaustion can knock you down no matter how seasoned you are. I think it's time for a little more honesty in the military spouse community. Instead of putting on a fake smile and pretending everything is fine, let's just go ahead and admit that this military life is something difficult. It is demanding. It is exhausting sometimes. It just doesn't feel fair. Can we please just admit that it's hard going through life constantly separated from your spouse? Can we acknowledge that it's okay to feel less than 100% enthusiastic and patriotic sometimes? None of us are perfect and no military spouse should be left to feel that they carry a burden alone. If we are honest, I think we will see that everyone struggles sometimes during military life. And I think we will also realize that we are all better off and we support and encourage each other. You don't have to have your own life completely figured out to bring a little bit of comfort to someone else's day. Sometimes what spouses need to hear most is comforting voice that says, I know how you feel. I've been there too, and it's so difficult. But we also need to see a light at the end of the tunnel. We need to hear someone say, I've been there, and this is what helped me get through it. On this holiday last year, when I was huddled on the couch under a blanket trying to find a small reserve of inner strength, there was one thought that brought me comfort and helped me snap out of my loneliness. I realized that I was not alone, even though I felt alone and my spouse was thousands of miles away. I realized that many other military families were also going through a deployment holiday. I thought about military families who had been through longer deployments with less communication. Together, we were all embracing the suck and doing our best to carry on. I realized that the loneliness of deployment was not mine to carry alone. It was a burden I could share with the entire worldwide population of service members and families. And once I saw it that way, the weight of deployment became much easier to bear. I felt relief that I didn't have to do this all alone. I took off the blanket, I got off the couch, and I found the energy and patience to share genuine joy with my children. This year, my service member is home with us for the holiday, but I will never forget the challenges I faced while he was away. Supporting military spouses and loved ones through the deployment is a cause close to my heart. I think when we share our burdens and solutions with each other, everyone's difficulties become easier to handle. I have created resources to encourage military families through deployment. Learn all about them in my Deployment Masterclass. If you're looking for deployment support, I hope you will join our community. I thought it was fantastic. I know my spouse at the end of 20 was broken. She just broke the last six months. She just couldn't do anymore. I had the 18-month deployment when we had a 18-month-old child and a newborn, and she had to do that. 
I had all the schools that I had to leave, regular deployments just for training. And then you hit the 2000 and I'm in Korea for 12 months. I come back. I go to JRTC. Or I, I go to war uh, like four months later. I've gone for eight months. I come back. I go to school. And then I go to the National Training Center for two years. So she basically had a four-month stint or four-year stint where she was by herself. And by the time the end came, she just didn't have it in her anymore because she didn't have a support group. There were support groups, but it just wasn't something she was into. Um, so that's why I always say that the military wives, what they go through, what they have to endure for this country is just like the service the soldiers have to do. Um, it's very hard to have to hold the family together by yourself because um, she was everything. She had to fix it, pay it, budget it, get me money. I mean, it was tough. It was a tough time. So I wanted to touch that because right now, as I'm sitting there fat and happy in my home, their family's deployed, whether it be on ships, the thousands of bases we have all over the world or in the war zones. And I hope all of us take time on this holiday just to stop for a second and say a prayer for them because it's not easy. Um, It's just not easy. So into our lighter fare. And it starts on Twitter. For years, the great debate has flamed on about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and both sides of the argument are pretty freaking intense. People who believe it is a Christmas movie really believe it is, and those who do not are wrong. Wait, sorry. Those who do not really believe it's not, and they're wrong. I mean, wait, sorry. Anyway, Mary Catham Ham finally put the argument to rest in a fact-filled thread explaining why the movie is totally a Christmas flick. Her tweets... Establishing scene of the entire movie is McLean pulling a giant Christmas present out of the overhead bin and announcing that the captain and crew would like to welcome you to Los Angeles. Have a Merry Christmas. Segway with jingle bell sound effect. Cut to Christmas party. Christmas party. Not a birthday party, not an office party, not a wedding party, a Christmas party. Furthermore, the establishment of the holiest character in the phone conversation with her daughter from the Christmas party, warning her not to snoop around for presidents, presents and includes a reference to Santa. I mean, come on. And not that the internet needs me for this, but since we're on the subject, perhaps the strongest argument against Die Hard as a Christmas movie is that it's a theatrical release was July, not December. So it was not intended as a Christmas movie. So the haters say, but I have news for you. Hocus Pocus was released in July too. And I dare you to claim Hocus Pocus is not a Halloween movie for this reason. These studio economic decisions are not defining. The movie content is also the middle, which I hasten to remind you all happens at a Christmas party, includes iconic, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 and the movie ends with Christmas is Hollis, not to mention the theme of a misfit man of duty with notably impaled feet, putting his life on the line on Christmas for a bunch of people who reject him. But sure, it has nothing to do with Christmas. Somebody responded, okay, let's put this away. Home Alone is considered a Christmas movie. It's the same movie as Die Hard. The same movie. Dude, theft, run around, fighting the bad guys. Exactly. Look at it this way. The party could have been for any reason at all. The Nakatomi building was new, and they had just gotten it really up and running. They have just closed a major deal that day, but the filmmaker very conscientiously set during a Christmas party. It's a Christmas party. It's Christmas. It's Christmas time. But as in all things, a conservative woman, no, she can't settle it. So we got articles. 
What makes Die Hard a Christmas movie? As far as there can be any objective way to classify what counts as a Christmas movie, Die Hard meets those requirements. An actual article! The 1988 action classic Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis and late Alan Rickman, has become standard holiday season viewing in the 30 years since its release. But the debate remains, is it really a Christmas movie or just a movie that happens to be set at Christmas? Of course, that question ultimately doesn't matter much. It's only a matter of genre, which has really no bearing on either our enjoyment or understanding of a film. That said, as far as there could be an objective qualification for a Christmas movie, I'd say Die Hard meets it. What counts as a Christmas movie? Since the question hinges on there being a difference between a Christmas movie proper and a movie set around Christmas, it seems that a Christmas movie proper is a film that has some thematic elements of Christmas as a central part of its story, which also linking this theme with the Christmas holiday itself. For instance, generosity and kindness are Christmas themes. But a film is not a Christmas movie for featuring them, only if they are linked with Christmas season. So a Christmas movie is a movie specifically about the Christmas about Christmas, and that the related idea of love, generosity, family, and so on. Miracle on 34th Street is a Christmas movie, not only because it's set during Christmas and features Santa Claus, but because it's all about putting innocent generosity and kindness ahead of modern cynicism and consumerism. The lure of greed. The film, as most of us well know, follows New York cop John McClane as he flies out to Los Angeles to visit his family. He is separated from his wife, Holly, who moved to L.A. to take a lucrative job at Nakatomi Corporation. Soon after he meets her at the company Christmas party, the building is taken over by terrorists, led by intimidating Hans Gruber, who are looking to rob the high-tech vault of half a billion dollars. One of the perennial temptations of Christmas season is losing sight of the actual meaning of holiday and becoming too preoccupied by the materialistic desire for gain. And then they go in to break down that that's... You know, it's kind of like Dickens, if you think about it. Even the police and terrorists are in on it. The same pattern plays out in the police, FBI, and press. It takes a long time for the police to even understand that John's frantic calls for help are genuine. And when they do show up, the arrogant police chief mindlessly throws expensive high-tech and obviously unsuitable equipment at the problem. Later, the FBI agents simply follow the anti-terrorist playbook and callously shrug off the possibilities of losing a fair percentage of the hostages. All the time, the press is only too happy to com- commoditize disaster with sensationalist coverage, like interviews with self-promoting and hilariously inaccurate expert, and forcing the McLean children into a live interview. None of these characters, except John's contact Al, seem particularly concerned with the, their duties. The police and FBI show little concern for the hostages they're supposedly sworn to protect instead of showing more concern for their careers and ego. The same is true of the press who don't care about informing the public but about what they can get out of the situation. It's just like how John and Holly McLean each selfishly pursue their own careers and expense of their family. This is a world where everything from family and marriage to the law to Christmas itself is automated and commoditized, not done for real passion or principle, but for what can be gotten out of it. This is a very fact much more than their weaponry is what gives Hans and his men so much power. Hans knows full well how both the police and the corporation think and how to exploit them. I can't read any more of this. Oh, Jesus, they took this shit so seriously. Contrast with the Christmas spirit. A bunch of people literally go crazy about it. And I have to say, at the very end, even Fox got involved. And they tweeted out a trolling tweet. 20th Century Fox. To prove, finally, Die Hard 
is a Christmas movie. It's Christmas. This is John. Nice beer. He just wants to spend Christmas with the family. Is Daddy coming home with you? We'll see what Santa and Mommy can do. But when he gets stuck at the office party... Merry Christmas! It'll be a holiday... Merry Christmas! He'll never forget. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal! This Christmas... It's a time of miracles, so be of good cheer. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. Get ready to jingle some bells. And deck the halls. With bows of Bruce Willis. Another coast. We get together, have a few laughs. Alan Rickman. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee ki Together in the greatest Christmas story ever told. I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. Hans. <laughs> Booby. Eat it, Harvey. Yeah! Holy shit. I'm starting to get a bad feeling up here. Merry Christmas. Die Hard. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. So I think that settles it. It's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. Want to do one serious thing that... I think goes within my closing of this podcast. And if you notice, I didn't say what was the best Christmas movie, show, whatever. Just mine. Just kind of get some holiday cheer out there. It's not the greatest podcast ever, but I love Christmas. And I think covering this way is kind of a fun way to do it. And it is Christmas Eve. So if you listen to it and get a couple chuckles, I hope you do. Um, if not, then, you know, next year I won't do it. We'll, we'll see how the, the listening goes. But... Uh, this holiday season has been especially crazy with the baby it's cold outside, don't wish me Merry Christmas, and all the craziness going on. And, and the article I read on last podcast went viral. It was huge. Everybody was talking about it. And Washington Post put it out. So I went to their site, and I decided to do a response that got a bunch of positive, surprisingly, replies on it. I want to read it. And then I'll go into the close. 90% of Americans celebrate this holiday, either secular or non-secular. And some goes, same goes for the other word policing your ilk do. We expect 99.0% of Americans to cater to the 0.7% of Americans who are trans with the 95 and counting pronouns for ever, every ever-changing gender you come up with. In that case, with repercussions for the accidental misuse of he, she, and as Apple said, big punishment for doing so. When, it's, when is enough enough? You and the progressive movement, including this paper, word policing for cause, or is it what most Americans believe, nothing more than a way to shame every American and shut them up for not voting the way you want for the party you hold dear, the DNC. In the end, I truly believe the push to jack up Christmas with gender-neutral Santas, faux outrage over song lyrics, and your incessant whining about greetings. Before I die, we will no longer celebrate this holiday, and those who do will have to do in quiet, for progressives will deem it an offensive holiday that participants who do not vote for the DNC can be punished for. Already, our main networks show very little religious Christmas. Charlie Brown is the only one that references it, and briefly. 
soon to be edited out by Apple, who owns it. Everything else is about snow and Santa. So how is that as oppressive as you say? I am at a loss to find how that is oppressive. In the end, it is you who is intolerant. It is your movement that is intolerant, who takes greetings and salutations and pronouns to punish the Americans you deem less fit for your country, which you hate whenever the GOP is in the White House, and then try to reconstruct whenever your party's in office. Small, petty people mince words and require everyone to think their way. Adults learn to live with other people and stay out of their heads and not to take everything as an offensive statement. You and most progressives since 2016 are those small but petty people who want to destroy a happy holiday, and I feel sorry for you. That might seem melodramatic, but we're getting to a point in our country where everything is offensive. People find offense an offense. I mean, seriously, they're offended. I'm offended by the offense, so I'm, I'm part of the problem. I mean, everything is offensive. Every word is minced. Everything we do is checked against the latest liberal slide rule that is so hard to keep up with. And Christmas being a event that is either celebrated for religious purposes or celebrated partially for religious purposes or celebrated for no religious purposes offends somebody who doesn't celebrate that holiday. I mean, each year under Trump, each year under Bush, we saw things like this. And then we saw a president who just said happy holidays when the Democrats were in office. And I do feel... Before I die, you're not going to see a lot of Christmas stuff. I mean, really to sit down and look at Christmas as a child to Christmas now. Less movies on TV, less shows about it, less music being put out. Seriously, I mean, who puts out music anymore? It's a dying holiday. That seems melodramatic, but it is because we have a party in power that spends most of their time and I say they are in power because they own the media, dogging everything traditional. In the end, Christmas is about joy and being kind to other people. And as the songs always say, the reason why I love Christmas is it just seems everybody's a little happier, a little nicer. They say hello. They have smiles. There's some excitement. People decorate their houses. To try to brighten up the mood. You know, I, I I got butt hurt this week. I lost a competition. Which, I didn't know it was a competition. So I don't know why I got butt hurt that I lost a competition that I didn't know was a competition. But my neighborhood did a competition for lights. And of course it was done on the other side of the neighborhood, far away. And that house won with like six votes. And nobody voted really. And I think I got two votes. Two or three votes. And I put on this huge display. So I'm like, oh, man, that kind of sucks that, you know, I have this gigantic display. I go through all this work and nobody even looked. But not a lot of people voted. And it was just silly. And it was all for naught when a lady who won it said, every year I bring my kids to your display. And people drive by. And then I started to think about all the cars that slow down at night. And we're out with the dog, the little dog in the front yard. They're driving slowly by the house. And they're looking at the lights. 
And that's what it's for. It's not for an award, which was not really an award. It's a bunch of coupons. Some free buy one, get one free coupons. You know, you weren't winning anything. My win is that I bring a little joy to some children. And they see the house. My wife remarked yesterday, slowly but surely, that's starting to leave. She had four separate instances, arms full, trying to walk out a door, and people shut the door in their face, in her face. And they were men. And that's this is usually the time that people do it. So I hope it doesn't come to a point where we start to ferret out everything in Christmas. And it's, you know, you can't call it a Christmas tree. You have to call it a holiday tree. And you can't put angels on your tree. And you can't put any nativity scenes out in your front yard because it offends people. Because if you can look past the religious aspects of this holiday, the kindness and the joy and everybody just being a little happier, that's why we like the season. It's not the gifts. It's not the socks you'll get or the tin of popcorn. I got two this year, which I'm excited about because I love popcorn. That's not what the holiday is about. Kindness, joy to your fellow man. And I say, we need more Christmases. We need to have two or three of these during the year to try to turn people to be a little bit kinder, a little bit nicer. If anything, not less. Okay, so that is our Christmas special. And I... Don't think I can elaborate any more on really what this is about. I just said it theoretically a year ago. Well, almost a year ago. It would have been tomorrow a year ago. Um, or I guess two days. Yeah, it was on Christmas Eve. I actually did it. But um, it's a magical time. And um, though I'm pretty negative on this year, it's been a rough year. Um, you know, with the wife and then my both my parents are sick and... You know, I had the cancer scare, which I just got cleared of the cancer, at least round one. Um, I'll be scoped and scanned to make sure, because I still have issues. Um, but in the end, it should be a time we all just lay down our politics, lay down all our issues, and try to be a little nicer to everybody. And I just don't think we do it that much as a country. Um you know, one of the arguments we've had in our house is, oh, I don't want to watch the same old stuff. The problem is that the same old stuff's the only thing that's actually nice and makes you smile. Um, more and more, it is, even though I said I liked it, um, the FX Christmas Carol. That's pretty much what Christmas is turning into. There's more horror shit out there than there's regular stuff. Or, um, as we covered on the last podcast, Hallmark Christmas movies that seem to be very uh, controversial right now. Um, but I think even they, and, you know, I'm a fan of Hallmark. There's stuff that I watch over there. Um, I do believe the LGBT community will find, and the African-American community will find, you're going to get what you want, but you're not going to watch it. I mean, because it's, it's the same. It's boy meets girl, girl lost boy, boy lost girl, Christmas sucks, find happiness, Fall off. You know, that's the format. So you can throw in transgender, gay, black transgender, gay. You can throw everything you want at it, but you're not going to watch it. Um, it is really for a demographic that 
is lacking love in their life, and so they watch that to find love. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Um, hey, I watch The Family Man for that very reason. The Family Man has replaced It's a Wonderful Life um, in my book because I think it's a very poignant movie that makes you go, God, I, I, I as a male, and I guess it's more male-driven, I really took my eye off the ball a little bit. There's good stuff here. I had a great family. I was craving to be something more as an individual. And listen, I'm going through my midlife right now. Um, unbeknownst to podcast, I've applied for a whole bunch of jobs and either overqualified or the I haven't worked for a year and a half has bothered people and I haven't been picked up. And it's tough not to have a career. Now, do I need the money? No. Could I fundamentally retire right now and be just fine? Yeah, yeah, I could. I'm blessed. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not. Um, I'm a very lucky person for that. Um, even though, you know, my my disability isn't because I just filled out a piece of paper. I had things wrong with me. Um, but you need that drive. You need that focus when your family is your drive and focus. Uh, I think that w- that's what that movie does, you know. And, and once again, I don't know if I talked about it in the last block i don't think i did but if you've never watched it it's it's a poignant movie and i think for males they should watch it it is our hallmark stuff it is a reminder you got a good thing every time you look for something else it's never good it's always kind of the concept of uh cheating never understood it really um because it always invariably and i've only cheated once and i've talked about it on the show Instantly for me, it was, oh, what the hell did I just do? I have a great wife. I have a great life. Why would I ruin that? Because I couldn't, I lost me. Um, and I think that's part of life. I think it's the tests that um, your higher being, for me, God puts in front of us to see what we do. And I failed that test. But I think I've learned since that um, you have to cling to the things that are good in your life when things go to shit and you have to look at those things and i think that's the testament of family and i think christmas is a great reminder of all the those things also the value of family happiness and um i did white christmas last year but uh this year i will do christmas memories by frank sinatra i think it's time to look back uh, it's towards the end of the year and think of all the happy memories you've had the memories of Christmas always bring that back. You get reminded of loved ones lost. Um, sometimes it's sad, sometimes it's happy. But it's a good reflection. And I think, once again, if we could figure out a way to be kinder all year long, it would be a lot better. There should be a filter on social media, the Christmas filter. So that when you start trying to blast somebody, it comes out in LVs, you know, or whatever fucking elves speak. It makes you not say pointed things, not be a jerk, and be kind to your fellow man. So here's uh, me wishing you and yours the happiest of Christmas, um, whether it be with loved ones, whether it be deployed. I know those suck for those that might be listening. Um, they're tough, been there. But remember, good times are coming, and next year you'll be with your loved ones. That's what drove me through all those years. Um, For those people, I'll have a place at the table like I always do. Uh, We put a setting at Thanksgiving and Christmas 
for those deployed because those are sad times. I've been there and it really sucks. And I hate to say that phrase because I hate people that say I've been there, but I've been there. It sucks. Um, I'll be wishing for you and yours to have a great Christmas once again. Enjoy it. Hope Santa hooks you up. We will do our year in review. Um, probably going to do it Friday, um, which would be the um, 27th. And then we'll have our first podcast of 2020 sometime thereafter. I'm trying to get a fishing trip in. So um, if it's not Friday, it'll be Saturday um, next week. The, the uh, What did I just say? The t- the 27th to the 28th, we'll do our year in review. It'll be much shorter than last year's. And I will also slip in some subjects uh, post-impeachment into that podcast at the beginning. And then we'll just do a quick year in review. It won't be as long. But um, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, have a great, great day. Enjoy it. And I will talk to you on Friday or Saturday, which will be our next podcast. As we go out. Old Blue Eyes with Christmas. Singing carols, stringing popcorn, making footprints in the snow. Memories. Christmas memories They're the sweetest ones I know Cookies baking in the kitchen Cards and ribbons everywhere Frosty Christmas memories Float like snowflakes in the air You know the joy of waking Christmas morning The family round the tree We had a way of making Christmas morning As merry as can be I close my eyes and see Shiny faces of all the children who now have children of their own. Funny, but comes December, and I remember every Christmas I've known.